Thundergrunt Podcast Network. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters, a collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. All right, Joe. So, it sounded like a Pepsi commercial. <laughs> it really did. Uh, I have just opened a beer, and uh, before we really get into the episode, we're going to taste test a beer first off, and uh, the reason why we're doing this is because this is one of my home brews. I am pouring this out for everyone. Uh, what this is, uh, this is a braggot. And a Would you bra- call me? Oh, come on now. Um, Jeez. <laughs> a braggot is basically any kind of beer that you replace the fermentables with honey. So it's basically like a mead slash beer. Uh, also, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this uh, specifically is because this is a pretty hoppy braggot. And today's episode, we're talking, well, not about braggots, but we're actually talking about IPAs and hops. That's right. Cheers. Cheers. First drink of the day. Here oh, we go. Spilling stuff already. I know. So that's pretty hoppy, right? It's tart. It definitely tastes the mead. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet. definitely you taste the honey, the honey. And, and, you know. There's a weird footiness to it. You smell like... A footiness? Just put your, your nose to the, the glass. Like right off the bat, it was like a toe cheese. Well, that's okay. Well, yeah. I, I mean, just... you can get toe cheese out of hops. Yeah. You can get all those flavors out of hops. I was just commenting. Well, the more that I like than a good toe cheese. <laughs> and and uh, we haven't even explained who our guest is, uh, but you guys have probably recognized his voice by now, and he is no stranger to toe cheese. <laughs> no, no, I am not. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I deal with toe cheese every day. That's Jason Cabane, resident pet orthist, resident drunk, <laughs> resident beer taster. And uh, now, uh, Jason does know uh, a bit about beer, mostly because he drinks it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we decided that this would be a great episode for him to come uh, out on. Which yeah, and actually, there's... it's more like we showed up at his house. <laughs> well, and the other reason is you actually enjoy IPAs oh, yeah. and, and other beers like that. Chris, not so much. No, Chris is much more mm-hmm. than he, he, we're like the odd couple when it comes to beers. Right. We go right. out for a night on a town. We don't sample or share beers. Yeah, right. we're totally drinking completely separate things. Well, right. and that helps me play off, because I like IPAs. I like heavier beers. Right. And, uh, I mean, Chris does to an extent. I, yeah. I don't mind hops. I like hop. Here's the thing, is that when I first started going and, and hanging out with, like, beer geeks, right, I would say, I don't like hops. And they're like, no, 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 don't say that. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't like hoppy beers. I don't like hops. And they're like, right. no, you like hops. Trust me. If you're mm-hmm. going to drink a beer without hops or any kind of bittering, it would suck. Yeah. Right. It would be so malty and so sweet, you wouldn't enjoy it. Right. right. So really, like hops adds the, the bittering to beers that makes it, you know, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to, you know, something super sweet, like a cordial wine or something like that. It right. doesn't have anything to counteract it. Yeah. My problem is that I like a more balanced beer where mm-hmm. the balance, you know, the hops and the malt, they, they kind of balance together as opposed to an IPA where it's very, very hop forward. Right. But as we talk about that a right. little later on, that's not necessarily every single IPA either. Right. Correct. 
I think it's much more seasonal for me. I kind of go with the seasons. In the wintertime, I'm much more like you, you know, mm-hmm. malty, kind of darker beers. But summertime, this time of year. Like yeah. porters, stouts, those right. kind of things. Right. Yeah, a lot of people are like that. Winter warmers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This time of year, though, an IPA is right where it's at for me. Mm-hmm. See, I'll go with a pale ale. I do like a pale ale. And um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit, right? We mm-hmm. can just go ahead and get started. So yeah. uh, a pale ale is traditionally, it uses pale malt uh, as opposed to a darker malt like you would use in a porter or a, you know, um, a stout. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, a, a pale malt, you would have like a two row and six row. Uh, and those are like the basic two kinds of like pale malts. Okay. okay. But what I what I found was really cool. I was always wondering because I, you know, obviously I brought some homebrew with me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been homebrewing, so I've been listening to a lot of homebrew podcasts, and I didn't understand what a two row or a six row was. I was going to oh, ask, what the hell does that exactly. mean? Exactly. Well, <laughs> excuse me. There they go. A two row actually has uh, two rows of the little pieces of wheat that stick off, as where a six oh. row actually has six. So, you know what I mean? I believe you have, you know, like one on either side or, you know, three on either side, depending. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. a two row or a six row. Um, basically, uh, with the, the, those pale malts, you know, Pilsner malt, things like that, those mm-hmm. are much, much lighter malt. So they give you a lighter SRM, which is uh, the color of the beer. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So I'm going to try and not use those kind of, you know, uh, what are they called? linguistics right you know what i mean unless i explain them i'm not sure exactly what srm stands for i totally forgot but it's basically the color of your beer uh and it and it's scaled you know what i mean uh you know and um as we get into that later there are are some darker ipas and we'll we'll talk about those too all right well the history of the quote-unquote ipa starts in india but actually it starts in london in a little town called burton Upon Trent. Burton upon? <laughs> Sounds like a fun night. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Burton upon the Trent. Right. Uh, and it's in a little town in Staffordshire in Britain, uh, where the beer was probably first brewed since 1004, when a bunch of monks came from Belgium and brought their brewing techniques. We've talked about monks and their Belgish. brewing. People mm-hmm. love it when I say Belgish. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a couple emails about that already. <laughs> nice. Stop calling it Belgish monks. <laughs> but what made uh, Burton so special was the water that, that runs through the town. Mm-hmm. So there's things like gypsum, uh, sulfate, and just a bunch of other minerals. Well, Pe- the mineral, I'm sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off, Joe, but sorry. minerals are really important to have in your water. Right. Um, and that, like I said, you know, just from the home brewing standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um if you use distilled water, your yeasts are going to just lay there dead. They're right. just going to die because it needs minerals to be able to reproduce, to be able to eat. Just like, you know, we we need sunshine. You know it's what like I mean? It's a multivitamin. Exactly, right. yeah. Right. Like we get all of our vitamins from food, but there are certain ones that we produce in, you know, in our own bodies from the sunshine. What is it? Vitamin A we vitamin produce? D, I D? Think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. D, okay. So, yeah, so we produce that. It's the same thing. They need those vitamins in order to stay active. So uh, for you to have like kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot like mm-hmm. hard water mm-hmm. or whatever, but it, you have to have some. So um, those kind of flavors in your water, like having those minerals in your water will help the taste of your, or change the taste rather 
of your of your beer that you make. Yeah, of course. Just like wine or, or cheese or anything. Mm-hmm. All, your natural area. It's like the terroir. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the, with all those little special minerals they had in, in that town, uh, a term was born that brewers still use today called Burtonization. It's adding the gypsum, adding sulfites and other minerals to get that sort of like old style classic ale flavor. Interesting. Is there like a pre-mix with all that stuff in it? I don't know. You can get I, it It's at all home different levels. Store. Really? Yeah. yeah. They just they call it beer salts. Yeah. Ah. Beer salts. As opposed to bath salts, which means you get naked <laughs> right. and eat people's faces eat people's off. Faces. Yeah. Right, right. Or the salts that you put in like a fish tank. You know? <laughs> the salsa? The salt. Oh, I salt. you said the salsa. salsa too. It was like, Joe, I think you're <laughs> feeding your fish wrong. <laughs> You guys like spicy salsa. <laughs> Extra chunky fishes. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> so brewing in Britain was largely done by the owners of pubs, inns, and alehouses for immediate consumers. And so the beer would, wouldn't travel very far in those cases. You know, you're maybe the town over, the, the next largest town over, but not, not very, very far. Right. Um, by the end of the 17th century, the process of the end of the 17th century, the process of killing malts was becoming more efficient due to the use of coke. So not I was going to say coke derived from coal. This meant that the kiln to kiln a malt or to stop from the German from germinating by heating it uh, without the use of so much direct heat. So in, in the end, basically what, what happened was all those little microbrews, essentially, mm-hmm. became easier to, to process, maintain, and then to replicate the recipe. Right. It was like a standardization of the process. Kind of, kind of. Because, you know, you're talking, um, you know, Bill Smithington, who, who owns a pub called Smithington's Pub, you know, is making his own batch of ale. And then to replicate that, that you know, uh, recipe time in, time again, could be kind of tricky. Because sure. you get from this month to that month, could taste a little off, a little different. And even kind of what we talked about during the Trappist episode, you know, the, we, we think, you know, of Chimay or, what, you know, what have you, as, oh, that's the recipe that they used since the dawn of time, right? Mm-hmm. When they began the, the monastery. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's really only happened since, what, right, I think around the 1900s? Yeah. 1930s, yeah. in fact? Well, that's just, like I said, uh, 1004 was when uh, Staffordshire had their little abbey started mm-hmm. by the Belgian monks. Yeah. Doesn't mean they were cranking out beer left and right for every Tom, Dick, and Harry just that they did make beer. Yeah, right. and, and that's the thing, is that a lot of breweries, you know, uh, back at that time, it was very seasonal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what you could find at the time. Right. What, what grew? What hops did you have? Uh, what was your harvest like? Um, you know, were you able to properly store those hops in order to use them later on during the winter for when to make another batch of beer? Right. You know, that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So after the... Uh, kiln process became a little bit more standardized the the finished malt from that was a bit paler it produced more fermentable sugars per grain by Mm -hmm. making it a paler malt so basically uh, what 
I think you were trying to say is uh, old malts, right? Like before the the kilning process, right? Mm -hmm. You had uh, the malts were getting more direct heat, so they were becoming more brown. Right. So you would the have darker, like a yeah darker, ambers. roastier. Right. So you'd have like an amber or a roastier beer, mm -hmm. and then when they were able to basically just you know give it a little bit of heat, mm -hmm. right? It didn't. Uh, it didn't have that Maillard reaction where it got right. darker and mm -hmm. everything. So that's where pale malts come from. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know they are actually able to, you know, kind of stay that light color. Right. Otherwise, right. we wouldn't have a pilsner today. Right. right. We wouldn't have those kind of light. You know, those light beers. Sure. The IPA actually descended from a beer known as an October ale. Right. Uh, named because they were brewed in that month of October. And were highly thought of because of their their I guess their their strength, mm -hmm. you know, strength, right, and extreme aging potential, as well as high hopping levels. Documents telling of twenty five year old October beers being consumed and enjoyed and enjoyed exist from seventeen seventy three. Twenty five. So you they held them for twenty five years back then and aged them that long, like a wine. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that's crazy. Quarter but century. that's the other thing too is that makes complete sense because really, um, you're you're kind of it's not until like August, September, October that you're harvesting the hops plants, right? right? So that would make sense that they would have the most amount of hops then to make an October ale, mm -hmm. right? You know to what I mean? Fortify it with hops. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and then in um, the 1600s, the East India Company was founded. And it was a venture basically for, for trade spices through the East back to Britain. And its heyday, it was one of the largest, wealthiest, most successful, and probably most unethical companies in the world ever known. Right. And that's the same East India Trading Company that's in, uh, what's it called? Pirates. The Pirates of the, the Caribbean, right? right? At one point, they were, they were in charge of half the world's trade. Half yeah, well, the world's so trade. Was, well, yeah, so it was Britain. Well, yeah, right, right. Good point. No. And that was a company. It wasn't state owned. It was privately owned, but it was subsidized by the state. I mean, it was right, yeah, exactly. They got couldn't... all of their contracts right through. They had private armies, all oh, that yeah. stuff. You yeah. Know? Some of the accounts are a little fuzzy on the, some of the shipping practices of the uh, East India Treaty Company. So basically, the idea is Britain wanted to ship beer along with other cargo, to India, which they had colonized, mm -hmm. put a flag in it and said it's ours. Right. Problem was, a lot of the beer wasn't getting there uh, unspoiled. So heat, sun, and what else is, can damage beer? Well, I mean, just the sloshing. The, yeah, you the know, sloshing can damage yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, the temperature change. Um, I was reading, you know, the, a lot of the time they would put it in the very, very bottom of the of the you know the hull of the ship mm -hmm. and just the the sloshing and the you know the 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 temperature change could be completely drastic mm -hmm. even down there where you know it's basically surrounded by water right. you know it could it could you know fluctuate 20 degrees which can totally just destroy a, a beer mm -hmm. you know so well with that they found that adding more hops would make the beer last longer. Like more stable? Yeah. For some reason, either, I'm not sure, that's what I'm saying. Like, some of the documents are a bit fuzzy on who did what, when, and how, but they ended up going 
back and adding more hops. My understanding from what I saw today was that the recipe was brewed local in London and the East India Trading Company was somewhere local to that brewery that he was doing that out of. Yeah. So they liked the taste of the beer and then proceeded to request it in India. But I guess their shipping methods were also really user-friendly. Yeah, it just kind of happened. It wasn't like it was specifically made for, for the shipping purposes, but the hops are preservative, so I guess it yeah. worked out well. Like you were saying, the the pale ales were were good in the local area, but they had to go with the stronger, older October style ales mm-hmm. because they were proven to last longer at the time. It was you a know? six month journey. Exactly. Right? So your your pale ales, you know, they lasted, you know, a good bit of time, but the older ones with the more hops available, uh, they just lasted so with the the advent of the better process the heating and 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 brewing process Mm -hmm. uh they were able to add more hops and make that journey to india plus they had a strong excuse me i've only had like (laughs) one tasting glass of beer and i'm already burping right um so yeah so the the like the ipa you know india pale ale Mm -hmm. okay uh you know part of it was the fact that it had the extra hops Part of it was the fact that it was a little bit stronger than other beers. So mm-hmm. it had a little bit more alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it had a tendency to make the journey a, a, lot, a little easier. Plus, because it was so heavily hopped, to sit in that cask and mellow for mm-hmm. six months on the, you know, you know, you would get like a little bit of that aging on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about, you know, kind of kind of like a wine, right? It would sure. get that aging on it. The hops would mellow. They would all blend and it, it would make for a better beer. Right. So really waiting that six months made it even better. So that's why, you know, the, 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 the troops that were in India, you know, were getting this beer and they were like, yeah, this is great. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they would water it down, you know what I mean? Just a little bit to, you know. So it wasn't so strong, you know what I mean? Kind of like what they do did with Grog back right. in the day. You know, they would water down rum. They would do the same thing with the IPAs, but, you know, not as much. Sure. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you know, really, after a couple of those, you know, you have like a couple of, you know, 7 8% beers, you know what I mean? You're really feeling it. Right, right. Which we'll figure out a little later on in the episode. <laughs> Looking forward to it. There's a myth that, uh, a por- you know, the porter beer mm-hmm. uh, arrived spoiled in India uh, and it had to be replaced by a hoppy ale but that's not really the case yeah there's it, it's kind of like there's a lot of myths surrounding the IPA you know what right I mean? and well in East India Trading Company there's a lot of like what ifs and maybes and fudge numbers yeah, <laughs> yeah. business practices right there are records of George Hodginson his brewery of London exporting porter to India as late as 1823 and Whitbread Brewery until the 19th century. And it may well have been a hoppy, strong porter as the preservative properties of hops are well known. And that's probably what they used. Well, yes, Joe, um, from what I've read that um, in the area, that point in time, they had started to, to kind of um, experiment with hops and um, adding more hops to their beer. Mm-hmm. And the ironic part of this was the East India um, Trading Company headquarters were somewhere local in that city. Right. So where the employees of that company had kind of local... And that, the company that pub. you're talking about is the... It's the George Hodgins, Hodgins, 
Hodgson's Bow Brewery. Correct, right. B-O-W Brewery. So apparently they were in the same stretch of town or same area of town. And the the employees had like a penchant for this taste. And so when they would travel back and forth. A penchant. (laughs) When they would travel back and forth to uh, India, they would request this beer as kind of their local favorite. Well, it turned out that... um, Maybe the the increased hops added some stability um, to the brew, mm-hmm. and so that when it got to India, like Chris had said, maybe it had improved in taste by that point because of the aging process. And so there was kind of benefits were twofold. There was a local favorite that was exported, but also was more stable over the course of the journey. Because when you know when you have beer sitting around in casks for a while, inside of those you know wooden ca- barrels, basically inside of wooden barrels. You have bugs, you know what I mean? You, you, and when I say, what? Okay. Like not beetles? Like, not like crawly bugs. I mean like lactobacillus. Right. Um, like Britannomyces. Yeah. You have these uh, bugs that spoil microbial, beer. Microbial like, organisms. Yes. Um, but, you know, brewer brewers and, you know, home brewers just call it uh, bugs, basically. Yeah. It, because it's not, it, you know, it's not Saccharomyces, which is normal beer yeast, mm-hmm. you know, or bread yeast. That's Saccharomyces. You have these weird bugs that create an off flavor, and that's where you get sour beers from. So you have sour flavors. And uh, if you don't have that, you know, the the hops really high uh, because, you know, it's antimicrobial, Mm -hmm. it kills all those things. Uh, If you don't have them very high, then it can kind of start eating some of the sugars that are left over and create a sourness in your beer, which was thought to be a very bad thing at the time. Mm. It can even, like, you can even have a... Acetobacter, which is, or as I like to call it, Actobacter, which <laughs> will cause uh, that. I mean, that's what causes vinegar, mm-hmm. right? So you could basically get, you know, to the other side, you get to India, you go to unpack the crates, you're like, here's the beer. They open it up and it's vinegar inside. Yeah. Blah, you know? And then you can make a that. nice, you can make a nice, uh, you know, cooking wine yeah, or a, a, you know vinegar reduction or something right, you know right. yeah, just like some fish and chips hey that's <laughs> you there know? you go right yeah. so i mean that is where malt vinegar comes from it's being it's basically you know you make a beer without hops and then you you know you get uh actobacter mm-hmm. you get acetobacter into it, it. Runs, yeah runs and it's malt it. vinegar which by the way i am making some beer vinegar right now so Chris, how's it going to treat your gout? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll you figure got, it out. Terribly. <laughs> All right. So let's talk some. Let's talk some modern IPAs. Uh, basically, it, it, what re, resurged in? Actually, Joe, before we do that, why don't we taste a English style IPA? All right, let's oh, do that. Right, yeah. an original yeah, English style IPA. Sure. Because uh, we are done with the homebrew. All right, Joe. So the one that I chose now. This isn't actually made in england which i was really sad you couldn't find one right i couldn't find an actual like english english IPA. yeah one actually from i couldn't find the one. uk i couldn't find one either so what i have here this is a left hand brewing and this is their 400 pound monkey it's an english style ipa and it's one of my favorites and it's got a little tiny monkey and a guy in a turban and, and lots of arms yeah lots of arms and Vishnu. yeah so super cute so we're gonna open this one up and give this one a try. Jason, bring over your uh, your tasting glass. Um, now, what's funny about this, I was listening to a interview with the guys that do the 400-pound monkey. And the reason why they uh, call it 400-pound monkey is because the, the owner came back from like a beer summit. And he was complaining. 
any idiot can put 400 pounds of hops, you know, any idiot monkey can put 400 pounds of hops into a beer, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it tastes good. So I just thought that was really funny. Cute little little thing with that. Here you go. That one's yours. Thank you. All right, so this is an English-style IPA, so uh, cheers. cheers. See, and that's good. That's the kind of stuff that I like. It's, it's hoppy. Healthy. It's hop forward, mm-hmm. right? It still has some body. Um, and plus, this is what? What's the... Uh, ABV. Yeah, what's the ABV on this? What They're usually between... 6.8%. Right. They're usually between, what, 6 and 8? Yeah, somewhere in that range yeah. from what I understand. And right. then, of course, we're going to try this a little bit later, but there are also... Um, there are also... Imperial IPAs, which are a little bit stronger, right. a little bit maltier, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those kind of things. So there's there's many different styles, but basically, most of it is just the fact that it's, you know, it's very hot forward. IPAs right. are hot forward, right? You know, right. and the the major difference between true English IPAs and North American IPAs is just the hops that are used, right? Where uh, it seems that the English ones are tend to be a little, I don't know, a little, a little citrusier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones in North America can, I guess, bring a cleaner, more defined hop note. Uh, but then again, people here, you can order hops from England. You know yeah, I mean? you can. So nowadays, yeah. you know, any number of brewery can have any hop from all over the world they want. Right. So. Yeah, and that's one of the things, like, when you go to the homebrew shop, you'll see, like, for instance, there's a type of hop called Fuggles, right? You have Fuggles UK and uh-huh. Fuggles US. So they have a bit of a different hop character, mm-hmm. but you could you could feasibly substitute if your recipe called for Fuggles UK and you did a Fuggles US. Sounds like it a just would change a, the a Harry Plopper movie. Yeah, the the Harry Porter Porter Fuggles. Yeah, yeah Harry so, Porker, Harry, Jim Harry Henson, Potter. You know, where they have oh, the yeah. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Fuggles. The Fuggles. What the Fuggles? <laughs> That's going to be, now when I'm around Sam, that's going to be my new gossip. Your go-to that yeah. word. Yeah. What the fuggles? <laughs> Your kid's going to get Shut trouble. the front door. Good Lord. But this is good, man. Mm-hmm. This is definitely good. It's It definitely is hot forward, but it's not overpowering. You know what I mean? This is the kind of, this is the kind of beer that I like. There is a bit of citrus note to it. Tad bit. I think it's, it's much a, more malty. There's a little opinion. floral to it as well. Well, some of the, the hop descriptors are... Citrusy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it can be almost balsamic, piney, piney. Mm. You can get uh, dank, right? Dank. And, I mean, I, I don't want to get because we're still talking to IPAs. And we haven't moved on to necessarily the hops portion, right? But uh, as we all know, hops. Well, maybe we all don't, but I'm telling everyone now, <laughs> hops is a cousin to uh, to the tweed. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to the uh, to 1970s marijuana. tweed. You know, <laughs> it tank. is. It's a cousin of of, oh, of you a got, weed. Oh, you're actually. Oh, I thought you actually meant tweed, like no. the suits. No, yeah. not tweed. No. <laughs> I'm like, you mean the giant lapels and? No, I mean marijuana. I oh, mean marijuana. the wacky tobacco. I mean the uh, the green green grass. The green green grass. <laughs> the stanky danky or whatever they call it. I don't know. I don't smoke weed. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> It is a cousin, so you can kind of almost smell those, you know, those kind of notes. They're they're very similar. I'm just Did you bring you. a fat sack? <laughs> oh, do you like this? You brought a fat sack. I brought a fat sack, but I actually, you know, what I brought a fat sack of. You got any blunts? This is 
This is gonna roll this. We're gonna roll this. I just really about pipe. <laughs> Got them both, boys. I really feel like we should give this a whiff before we, you know, move on any further. All right. This is uh, this is pelletized hops. Oof. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Don't hold out oh, on me, bro. That stinks. <laughs> that stinks like dirt and poop. Well, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's Hops like can be very earthy, right? Dirt it can be and just, poop. Like dried rabbit poop. Kind of reminds me of goat food, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. so th- what that is is that's pelletized hops. <laughs> so when they... This is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Let me zip this back up so, Please. so we don't yeah. get arrested. Yeah, the cops will show right? up. All right, so wait, wait, let me see. Opal? That is opal hops. Yeah, it's okay. um, it's a derivative of, I believe, one of the noble hops. Um, and I didn't want to get too... I guess we're just going to blend them. Noble? The, the noble. noble. We're going to mix these so together, okay? Opal. Opal, it's, yes, a, de- it's a, a derivative of one of the noble hops. Gotcha. Okay, noble okay. hops have a, a lower uh, IBU, or international bitterness unit okay they have like a they, they don't have as much um as much bitterness in it mm-hmm. okay uh they were generally uh basically what they were making in europe those are the kind of hops that they have in europe okay mm-hmm. um you have like hollertau you know you know what they make in the region of hollertau in uh in belgium mm-hmm. um they have you know a lot around france and england uh th- so they are they don't have as much like as much punch as the you know the American cousins, mm-hmm. right? So, and uh, by that I don't necessarily mean California's American cousin, the 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 weed plant that is now legal there and uh, most. Um, gotcha. So basically, it's uh you know it, it's it's just not quite as hoppy, which is why the English IPA or the original IPA is not as hoppy because that's usually what they use in that brew. Right. So basically what I have is a breakdown of – it's basically the equation to get your IBUs. Mathematics. Yes. So the weight of the hop, WH, the alpha acid percent, AA percent, times the quantity of alpha used during boiling process, the UAA, and you add those together with the volume of the wort – Wort or is it wort? wort? It's wort. 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 Volume of the wort. Why are you asking me how to pronounce something? Because <laughs> you're the home brewer. <laughs> yeah, right. Not only do I cannot pronounce things correctly, <laughs> right. but also normal words I say wrong as well. This is true. This is very, very, very true. <laughs> yes, so, it's wort. The volume of the wort in the gallons, and then the adjustment for the U.S. customary units, like per gallon, per liter, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives you your international bitterness units. And that equation. Yeah. So basically, that is how bitter. That is how bitter your beer is. Mm-hmm. So um, and there I, are charts and graphs. I didn't and know there was I've a mathematical seen. formula for that. I thought it might have been yeah. ten guys in a room saying <laughs> scale the one to ten. That's where five. do you rank it? No, no. Yeah, the inter- the IBUs are specifically. Yeah, it's it's how much alpha acid is in a is in the the hop itself mm-hmm. because different kinds of hops can have different kinds of alpha acids you have certain ones like uh like there's this one called warrior it's a warrior hop warrior Come is like one of <laughs> i know right <laughs> it's i know i i, I totally want to create like uh like a warrior I mean? beer yeah. and have like a dude with a red bandana yeah. on the front nice. you know and like face paint 
right, you know what I mean? Right, the gene vest. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Warrior Hops is like one of like the hot, it's basically like one of the bitterest, you know, beer, uh, bitterest kinds of hops. Yeah, it's like so, a scorpion pepper or a ghost pepper for right. the Scoville scale. Exactly, right. yeah. Right. yeah. So, uh, you know, and so like noble hops are mainly used for uh, kind of just bringing fragrance and flavor. Okay. As where there's certain ones like uh, like Cascade and mm-hmm. Warrior, which are way on the hop, or, I don't want to say hoppier, way on the more bitter end right. that are used for bittering for IPAs and hoppier beers. Right. So um, also it depends on where you throw it in in the boil as well. Yeah, you were telling me uh, a month or so ago, like you can put it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what gives you your your bitterness. Right. If you throw it, generally you boil for 60 to 90 minutes. Okay. Right. And then you can throw it at the end. Mm-hmm. You which... could, well, you throw it in the middle. Uh, oh, right? you throw it in the middle as you, well? You th- yeah. So say we have a 60-minute boil. Okay. You throw it in at the very beginning. As soon as it starts boiling, you throw it in. You start your timer. I'm going to boil this for 60 minutes to kill all the bacteria in your, in your wort, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you mash grain, right? Uh, and you get all the sugars out. Right. Okay, that you—that's what gives you the work. And then you make you want to boil that. You could. You could. You you can actually yeah. yeah. But you you want to take that and you want to boil that so that you kill all the bacteria. Okay. But also there's pasteurizing. Pasteurizing. It. Right. But also there's other things that it that it kind of uh, it will kind of like steam off like uh, like DMS and diacetyl. Um, mm-hmm. Now we had talked about diacetyl before, not on the podcast, but that's mm-hmm. your buttery flavor, yeah, your cream corn kind of flavors, yeah, popcorn um, long, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it'll boil off as you're as you're boiling your beer, mm-hmm. right? But also while you're doing that, you're adding the hops. So you add the hops at sixty mm-hmm. minutes, and by the end, you've boiled all the bitterness out in into your beer. Mm-hmm. You put it in in the middle at thirty minutes, uh-huh. and then you get more flavor. You get like a lot of flavor from the hops. So is it Flying Dog that has the 30, 60, 90? No, 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 no. That's uh, that Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head. Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later when we go and taste that, that as no, well. No, no, but they actually have a 30, 60, 90. That's what that means. That's what that means, but it's a little bit different. And I'll, I'll, I'll okay, explain okay, that to you okay, okay. because that's, that's something... Very similar to what we're talking about, but, that's but not they when do they something throw in the hops. No, no, no. They do something special with it that is totally different like, than pretty much anyone else. Put it on a pillow. The, Sal Sal uh, Sal <laughs> Caligioni, yeah. the 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 owner of of that. Mm. The way he makes that is totally different, and we'll, we'll get to that. Let me just finish okay. this. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you th- you throw the hops in at the end of the boil, and that gives you the aroma. That's what gives you your floral notes. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a beer that's extremely floral, that's um, and which IPAs can be yeah. generally IPAs. You throw it in the beginning, you throw it in the middle, you throw it in at the end, and you're using two, three, five, seven different kinds of hops. Mm. I mean, there's some IPAs that. You know, we'll use seven, eight different kinds of hops and like an ounce to two ounces a piece, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Per like five gallon, right? You know, right. a and lot. That, and that's where you get those super, you know, like different layers and depths of flavor. Of, of Yeah, of your hops flavor. Rather than like those, uh, like the Budweiser type oh, beers. Sure. The rice beer. Know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those, it's, but it's they're, mostly, they're very, that's the, yeah. They're very one 
single note, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no... And the whole idea is you're supposed to serve them so cold that you don't even taste the hops anyway. Right. So it really doesn't even matter. Right. right. It's just there for a tiny little bit of balance. So, but I mean, we're not here to crap all over, you know, uh, Budweiser and uh, and cores and everything else. Yeah. I mean, we all drank plenty of that in our in our teenage years. I'm sure, right? Right. Lots of bow. So, uh, so did you want to uh, did you want to try a dogfish head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do that. All right. So uh, we were talking about the you know the the dogfish head stuff. Yes. Um, this is the 60 minute IPA. We're gonna try these back to back because I have a 60. And a 90-minute IPA um, okay. that we brought along. Now, so here's the 60-minute. This, These are continuously hopped IPAs. And what is that? Continuously hopped? Yes. I knew you were going to say that. What does that mean, Chris? What does that mean, Chris? <laughs> um, continuously hopped. Basically, the idea is instead of throwing it in at a hop schedule where you throw it in at the beginning, throw it in the middle, and throw it in at the end, mm-hmm. these are hopped. A little bit at a time, the entire time that the boil is happening. Oh wow! So it's so it it's it's continuously hopped India Pale Ale. Constant, constant. Okay. From the minute that the boil starts, mm-hmm. they have an actual. It's like a hopper, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's right. a hopper that shakes and it drops the hops in the entire boil a little bit at a time throughout the entire boil is that huh. like back of a concrete truck one of those big things that just keeps pretty spinning? much yeah that's yeah. what a hopper is yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so I so let's uh let's give it a try guys cheers mm. cheers do we have to do this every time no <laughs> so are you tasting the complexity like it's i mean it's you it's not up front it's, it's not, not like a punch in the face sourpuss it's really almost hop. a little bit more like uh it, well, it's like my my hops tasters aren't blown out or whatever. Right. It's 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 very good. It's very much like the English style IPA, right? Right, right. If I if I had it on a wave graph, I would put the hopness mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of the wave, right? Like the yeah. first five point five. Your, no, your first, you know, as it hits your your mouth, you're like, that's not that bad, not that hoppy, and as it as you kind of like. Floats around and gets in there. You kind of start to taste the hop, mm-hmm. but then it, it has a nice gradual drop off. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's it's yeah. And I still am not like like burning my face off with hops, right? Like I, don't, my, I don't know how that happens. So. My, no, there are hops that are too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, let me explain it. Okay. People taste differently mm-hmm. than. Any other kind of meat. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, this <laughs> everyone, is very true. Long pig is the tastiest pig. <laughs> everyone tastes different. Everyone's flavor... This is also flavor true. ...flavor is different. So the point is, is that, uh, you know, my... Where I am with hops might mm-hmm. be down here where you guys are a little bit further up. Right. So you guys can handle more hops. You know what I mean? I wouldn't and say that, that, handle more, just uh, maybe more discerning palates. I'm not saying discerning palate. <laughs> I'm saying guy. that I'm saying that you know you guys like I, the bitter know, flavor I know, more, I know, I know. and that changes as you get older. Yes, uh, you know you can you have a tendency to enjoy bitterness more the, because the older you get. The older you get, the more taste buds die. Yeah, so you're just yeah. like good you lord, strong, give me stronger flavors. flavors. Yeah, yeah why I like horseradish now. Yeah, probably. That's oh. exactly why. When I was a kid, I hated tomatoes, and then I started. You know, growing them in my garden, and I started tasting them and enjoying them, and now I like the flavor of them. Now mm-hmm. that I'm a little older, it's, like, it's just totally different. Yeah, me and hot sauce, we weren't friends when I was little. I hated that stuff. Right, right. But now I'm like, ooh, 
but that's, that's also why kids love uh, sweets. They love treats, mm-hmm. you know, candy, because not that older people can't enjoy it, but their flavor of, of, of sugar, you mm-hmm. know, that, that sugar flavor is so much more impactful to them. Right. It's yeah, more prominent. Like the endorphin rush, I can mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, but I mean, you have to understand that the, uh, the tongue, as long, you know, as with all of our parts of our body, grow and change. Mm-hmm. So what used to hit those sour notes or sweet notes, they kind of broaden out and then they decrease. So, you know, right. you start off like in sweet stuff more. That's most of your tongue, your palate when you're younger. Sure. You know, and then it just slowly starts to evolve into different things depending on your your upbringing, your culture, this, that, and the other. But it still does change over time. But also, um, you know, with, with hops, it's just it's just such it can be such an intense bitterness. I mean, you guys smelled the hops that I had brought along. Yeah. You can smell how bitter that is, how Dirt dank poop. that is. Right. It's not, but it's not. It's that earthiness. It's is got what like you're, that what alfalfa got. smell to it, know. like it, alfalfa times a million. It's, yeah, it's like earthy. It's, uh, it's you know, you've dirt got a little poop. bit of patchouli kind of thing going on it in there. It smells like right? dirt poop. It smells like fertilizer. It's yeah. not, it doesn't smell like fertilizer. Not like fertilizer. I like but dried you, fertilizer. But, but it smells like grass poop, like you said, like well, like, like, like like earth poop. Yeah, well, like if a rabbit poops in the grass and no one's around to hear it, that's what it smells like. <laughs> You're so you're saying it's like perictor, perictor, the smell of the, of, that's what I said, perictor. Perictor. <laughs> Did I mention that my wife Dana is also here <laughs> filming us, and we're hoping to have a video right, uh, of, we're of this episode. Uh, she likes to call it petrichor, I call it perictor. Whatever. Sounds it good. is what it is. Can I apologize for my messy kitchen now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Dan, it sounds like a transformer. Petrocore. Petrocore. But it's it's that it's the smell of the of the of of basically right before it rains or right after it rains. Yeah. You have all yeah, the volatile minerally... oils coming out of the, the soil and you, mm-hmm. that's what you're smelling. Yeah. Like the spring rain smell. That's petrocore mm-hmm. or perictor, as I like to call it. But you, you have a little bit of that in hops to me. You know what I mean? You do, but I'm telling you, there's this underlying, you said it, dankiness. Yeah. That smells so similar to poop. Because it's dank like weed. And poop. It's dank because, like an old lady's closet. Because weed is a cousin of, <laughs> I, I've already mentioned this, but weed is a cousin of hops. Right, right. They are cousins. And in fact, when homebrewers brew uh, their own beer... And they use weed instead. They call it "I brewed this with the cousin." That's what. That's how. That is their their secret name. I'm, I'm wow. giving it out. That is their secret name for brewing with weed instead of using hops. So that's for only the places that it's still illegal. Yes. No, they still do that in California too. Oh, really? California is yeah. not huh. legal yet, Chris. No, I mean mostly. It's it's mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. It's mostly. Yes, it's mostly. mostly. I, I, you know what I mean. So, um, okay, so now that you guys did the 60-minute IPA, right. we also have a 90-minute IPA, and that's what we're going to pop open next. We're doing Sweet. these back-to-back, Joe, so all right, all put right, that down. Right. I really like that 60-minute. That's really kind it's, of midpoint, you know? There's not, like you said, any real rush of one or the other. Yeah, yeah right? I like well it. Balanced. Yeah. Okay, so this is the 90-minute IPA. This is continuously hopped for the entire 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And of course, with my awesome thumb Handy ring, dandy thumb yeah, ring that I brought along. All right, here's mine. I always pour mine first because I'm a jerk. 
<laughs> and you can see that this is a little it is darker, a bit darker, right? Yeah, it's more ambery. Yep, it definitely is. What was that scale, Chris? The SMR scale? Uh, the SRM. Oh, it's close. Yeah. So this is this is uh, this has got a little bit, yeah, a little darker on that on that scale. I really wish I should probably just look that up. I do have a computer in front of me. Should probably just look up what that actually is. So I totally forgot what it uh, what it entails. Oh, we're we're not cheering anymore. Yeah. Right? Well, let's just do it real quick. Don't, yeah, just make Joe do it all the time. All right, here's the 90-minute continuously hopped IPA. A lot a lot darker, a lot more, a little bit more malt. Mm. So this I mean? is also a 90-minute Imperial. Oh, so this is an Imperial. Okay, yes. so it's got, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Tastes a little yeah, bit more sweet. This has a, a 9% alcohol by volume. Oh, there it is. So that's, mm. that would be why. But it, again, it has that, what is the, um, the buttery... Mm-hmm. That that's diacetyl. Well, there there's sort of this like umami buttery. There can be a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah in but, a lot of beers, you get a little bit. of Yeah, that. but from the the previous one we just had, um, the sixty minute to the ninety minute, mm-hmm. huge flavor profile difference. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot. You have like some. Uh, I'm not going to say a darker malt, but you have something that's giving making it a little bit more amber. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have something that's either kilned a little bit more. You know what I mean? I, I you know. equate it to coffee beans. Mm-hmm. Okay? The longer you roast the bean, uh, or the slower, or whatever, you get this, you know, dark, uh, just wonderfulness from the coffee bean. And That's can, what I like. I like the can, dark beans. And you can taste it in the coffee. Mm-hmm. If you do a light roast, like, you can you, you can taste the bean. Right. Um, it's shallow. Right, right. Yeah. It's very, very thin, very shallow, and the flavor is there, but it's very light. If you do a medium roast, it, it you have more of the bean. Probably your your golden point is the medium roast to taste the bean itself. Right. Uh, but the dark roast gets all of that, just that extra, you know, the oomph out of that. For the aficionados. So that's that's what I equate to the, the hop, you know, mm-hmm. like... The more you roast, the, the more you hop, you have those different levels of flavors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And because this is continuous, mm-hmm. this has, you know what I mean? It has so much, you know, more to it. Mm-hmm. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Man, sorry about the squeaky chair. I apologize. Um, so I also want to mention, and I'll probably do this in the video too. You guys can totally see this. But I am wearing my IHOP beer shirt. I first off, I thought it was when I first saw you. I was like, I I hand grenade beer, and then it kind of looks like an artichoke. So I artichoke, artichoke yeah. beer, and then uh, then it was like, oh, that's a hop. I hop I hop beer. Right. So I don't I don't I don't get it. How do you not get it when you're a home brewer? You, you hop, hop beer. beer. I hop beer. It's yeah. like I heart New York. It's a play. On do you just do you not get metaphors? I wait, do. Wait, is it similes? Which one similes, is it? Similes, yes. It's not a metaphor, Chris. <laughs> no, it's not a metaphor. It's not a simile. Dana, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth and you videotape. <laughs> Paracord. That doesn't count as her being on the episode, right? <laughs> okay. Wait, we have to go into that. It's a, it's a sarcasm. Okay, we have to go into that. Is it, what, so there's a battle going on between Jason and Dana. Depending on who has actually been on more episodes. Yeah. What's my count now? I'm up to like six or seven? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Dana? Somebody I lost track. Oh, oh burn. Sick there. burn. <laughs> that doesn't count, though. Just a couple minute or a couple sentence quip doesn't count, right? Doesn't count as actually being uh, a guest. She doesn't no. roll in the credits under guests, right? <laughs> <laughs> she will for the video, though. Well, of course, for video production. <laughs> Just don't put her guest you know, on the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the reason why I was mentioning the the uh, T-shirt is because mm. I got this from our friends over at Epic Delusion. Okay. Uh, they were the actual ones that printed out the shirt, and mm. uh, I just wanted to. I thought it was an awesome shirt. They also do some other stuff too, a lot of like Tom Waits shirts. I and, have one of those. Yeah, yeah and uh, Hunter Thompson shirts and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I definitely loved the IHOP beer. I shirt. artichoke beer. It's so you know, like there's a whole thing about that, right? Where uh, you know, scribe, artichoking? No, scribe. Yeah, yeah. Scribe wasn't sure whether the tattoo that I have is an artichoke or a hop. Okay. It is an artichoke. It's my sacred artichoke. It's artichoke. It's tattooed on my left arm. Mm. But he thought it was a hop, so he started drawing, you know, a whole bunch of hops. And someone came along, and they were like, "Cool, why are you drawing artichokes?" <laughs> <laughs> and they look very, very similar. A hop right, looks right. very similar to an artichoke, especially so. when it's blown up to an artichoke size. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh, a hop has a—you can tell tell that it has a much smaller stem than mm-hmm. an artichoke because an artichoke grows out of the ground very much like asparagus. Yes, mm-hmm. as where a hop grows off of a vine. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even really gotten to hops yet. We're kind of we're kind of giving you a little bit of beer, a little bit of hops talk, right. a little bit of IPA talk. Kind of just rolling it all into like one. Like a fine beer, they're all just mixed together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're you know we didn't want to like separate it too much. Hi, my name's Dana May Scarborough, and I'm a photographer. You can check my stuff out at www.facebook.com/slash Dana May. That's M A E Photography, and you're listening to the Curiosity Podcast. We've had the 400-pound monkey, which is in, in the 90s. All right, so we've had English the, India Pale Ale. Right, English. And then we had the 60-minute, which is considered what? It's kind of like an East Coast style. East Coast style. Yeah. Okay, and then we had the 90-minute, which is an Imperial style. And that's basically because it has more alcohol, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. So we've got, here's just a few different styles that I found. American style IPA, English style, double uh, or imperial, mm-hmm. thus for the alcohol. Yeah, the alcohol level. Uh, there are other uh, sub styles, black IPAs. And we'll, we will try one of those soon. Uh, Jeez, we're just going to have to try them real quick if you're going to pop them out. I'm just going no, no, to drink just, them all at the same sh- time. I just right. want to <laughs> name a few that I thought were neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a wheat style IPA, which I think would be kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, of course, a Belgian white IPA. Yeah, like a wit beer. I would right. try that. Uh, and then there are a myriad of other hybrid IPAs. Sure. Yeah, here, here's the thing is that, um, you know, that's the whole thing about craft brewing is that people like to just, you know, they t- say, okay, we'll do an IPA. And now instead of just having an IPA, let's also put out something 
that is a little bit funkier, a little bit stranger. Well, so I, they'll they'll put they'll do like a they're like oh let's do like a Belgian wit beer, but let's hop it like an IPA. Right. So right, you know exactly. what I mean. Let's, it's like a spaghetti sauce. Well, it's experimentation. Sure. Yeah, you can have ketchup on noodles, or you could have, you know, tomato and onion and garlic and some people like a little hearts. sweeter. Some people like it a little saltier. Right, exactly. Some people like it with uh, with hot peppers in it. Or chicken or shrimp. or You could do whatever you want with a spaghetti sauce. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this. Uh, from my reading, it seemed like the IPAs, while they were invented in England, died out. They completely died out. There was just no, no market for them, no demand for them. And then mm-hmm. it took the revival in the United States to bring them back into popularity. In the, yeah, early, like 70s, early 90s. Yeah, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, it was. It started in the 70s, and then the 90s have got a little bit more pronounced. Well, yeah, right, and as the right. craft breweries came about, you know, as that started to hit the market, where they weren't just Budweiser, or Miller Lite, you know, all those guys. You know, the right. heavy hitters kind of, people started to drift towards the craft breweries. That's when it really started to turn over. So now... What's happening now is that America's importing their IPAs back to to England, mm-hmm. which is kind of a full circle. You know, right. it, it really is. Uh, you know, I've listened to like a lot of different. You know, I listen to a lot of like you know brewers podcasts where mm-hmm. they're talking about home brewers, but a lot of the time they'll talk to craft beer guys, you know, and interview them and things like that. And they say they'll they'll go to England, they'll go to the UK, they'll go to different places in Europe. You know, they'll go to like Belgium. And they'll, you know, they'll go over there and they go to a beer festival and they're serving American beer because it's stuff that, you know, that they don't really have that often. Right. And he's well, like, it's, it's like I don't over want, here. I don't want American beer. He's like, I can drink American beer all the time. Right. I want the, you know, I want to go to the Trappist breweries. I want to go yeah, but taste you, the traditional stuff. Yeah, but you have to understand in, you know, uh, you know, uh, a pub in, in Belgium... You know, yeah, they've got the Belgian beers it's right down the street. Right. You know? So they they want something they can't have every day. Well, so of course they would, have been... they would have exports and import stuff coming in from all over the world. Sure. To, you know, stuff that they can't find readily available next door. And that might have been the whole microbrewery, you know, spark that we saw back here in the states. Is mm-hmm. you know, you you've been dealing with the Budweiser, you've been dealing with the Millers, you've been dealing with. You know, whatever. Cold 45. Yeah, you know, whatever piss beer was coming out local to you. Right. But nothing that was Natty really. Bow. Yeah, nothing yeah. that was really, really, you know, Different. put some heart into it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and actually it was a craft, you know. You, you're saying that that stuff's not brewed the hard way? No, it's usually. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> it's, it's like soda, okay? Basically, they have the, the base, water, seltzer, whatever, and they just add the syrup. Right, right, right. That's what it tastes like to me. Just a yeah, it's a flavor combination. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're trying to hit a mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know my experimentation with beers and whether it be IPAs or whatever. Um, you know the the craftsmanship that goes into it. There's a there's a reflection on the brewery that comes with that. You know, it's it's yeah. pride. It's like cooking something at home. You put your heart into it. You can mm-hmm. taste it on the on the final product. Yeah, of course. Whereas your mass produced beers, yeah, you can go buy a 24 pack and have a good night with it, but you're not getting any of that back end. You know, right? Well, and there's no history. There's no story. There's right. no and there's no flavor. Right. You know, well, there's some flavor. There's just not, not really. any good flavor. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, but that's the whole, you know, they're using like a lot of rice and things like that. And, that, you right. know, it's they're, they're You're not getting as much like multi flavor, as much hoppy flavor. You just have a little bit, just enough 
so you can actually call it beer. You know what right, I mean? Sure, but exactly. that's why the craft beer industry is becoming so big because people actually enjoy, you know, all these flavors that that come together. They like they like to try to mix and match to try these different things. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, really, uh, the West Coast IPA is kind of what set that off. You know what I mean? It started yeah. it started out in California. People started brewing IPAs, you know. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Okay, these exist." Uh and then it kind of got its own style. So mm. really you have IPA and you have a West Coast IPA. Right. A right. West Coast IPA has a tendency to be way more grapefruity. Hoppy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, way more hoppy, but you but it's the type of hops they use. They use mainly Cascade, Amarillo. I know the Cascade hops. I mean, Chris, that's my home home coast. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's that's right. You are from the West Coast, Washington State, and that's where well, shoot, they got all kinds of hops coming out of Washington, Idaho, Oregon. Well, that's another thing too. Is that you know you you were talking about Idaho. Uh, you know when you think about Idaho, what do you think about potatoes, taters, of right? Course, right. So that's the thing with um, with hops is they really like to grow in places. Where potatoes grow, mm-hmm. like mm. their their soil content, you know that sort of thing. It's the same exact. Um, it, it likes the same kind of climate. Yeah, right. it, it has the same requirements. So it, it, that's that's one of the things. Uh, but you know, like I was talking about the the West Coast, you have that you know that uh, that cascade, like those really grapefruity kind of beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to mention that I got a couple of hop rhizomes at home. I got a Newport and a Cascade. And they're both uh, growing in my garden right now. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I just started growing wow. hops. I'm hoping I might have a little bit. Usually the first year they say you don't get a whole lot mm-hmm. of, of the hop flower or the hop cone, which is yeah. where really all the bitterness comes from. You know, that's right. that's what you pluck at the end of the season so in August, September. They're uh, what, and you, perennials? You get the, yeah, they are perennials. They nice. will continue to, to come back and back and back. Nice. Well, I could tell. I could tell you the the climate's completely different. Your humidity is what's going to throw you off back here, Chris. We have no humidity back there, zero. So when you're, yeah, I mean, I, that probably has a lot to do with it. Whether it be Oregon, Washington, Idaho, mm. there's just not a whole, whole lot of humidity at all. Mm. So um, one of the websites that I wanted to mention too is uh, is th- there's this website called Beer Legends. Okay. Um, and this is where they have uh, all the hop like the hop overview and hop varieties. And it's really cool. Like, uh, you know, you... Wow, that's a huge... Yeah, it's a huge list. So this is it, you know, and Jason, you could take a look at this too. I mean, it is just gigantic, the amount of, of hops that's on here. And it has all your noble hops. It has all the hops from, you know, Belgium and the, and the UK and the US. I mean, we've created a lot of hops here through, you know, basically, you know, breeding them together. Right, right. But you also, I mean, there's, I believe, there's a few things that I've read, like the US government actually did uh, some research when they, they tried to make new varieties of hops. Okay. And the whole reason why is because sometimes you get, you know, uh, you know, different fungi and things like oh, that that try to resistant yeah they're, they're, yeah they're trying to find and they're creating different types of course you know so they they take like ho- the hollertau which is from belgium mm-hmm. they uh they um they tried to basically take that and you know they've made a few different hops that are kind of Cross, of that. crossbreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, so the the california hops that i was talking about earlier mm-hmm. those they call that all your sea hops those are Cascade, Centennial, 
um, you know, th- those are your C hops, mm-hmm. you know, because okay. they start with the letter C. Right. So those are all your California kind of hops. And then they have like California Cluster. California C hops. Why is the Cascades in California? That makes no sense whatsoever. Well, it's West Coast. So, you know what I mean? And they brew a lot of beers. And Washington so, State, is so, in the, it's in the, it's on, it's like placed on top right. of California. It's, the, it's a little bit of inferiority. It's like California's <laughs> coming right, to play exactly, here. Exactly. Cascade Mountains are in... Washington. Well, I'm just saying, like the, the <laughs> that is what ha- has made the West Coast IPA, right? You know what I mean. Even though necessarily they they came from Washington State, but that is what has made the, the you know the West Coast IPA something special. You know, right. can I point this out? You were talking earlier about cousins. You know, the um, the hops and the marijuana. It, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it coincides. A lot of that stuff that that was grown back in Northern California, um, Oregon, Washington. Premier, premier stuff. Yeah. But it's the same areas where the hops are thriving. You know, the hops are growing and growing well. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And they're getting all these different genes or species of, of the hops. Well, mm-hmm. I could say, you know, on the same end, they're doing things on the other <laughs> with the cousins. Too, yeah. so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so do you guys want to try and go for a uh, very, very West Coast IPA? Sure. Of I do. I miss the West Coast. Let's bring it back. A little bit of West Coast on the East Coast. So apparently this is one of the... IPAs that were first brewed on the West Coast, uh, and these guys I think have been around since, jeez, oh, at least somewhere near the 80s. But this is uh, Lagunitas, and this is the Lagunitas IPA. So here's what's funny too is they just came out, they just came out with a with some new style guidelines mm-hmm. for the uh, for the the like the Home Brewers Association. The I believe it's what is it the I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, so it's it's like um, the APA, Amer- AHA, America's Homebrewers Association. Mm. They have uh, you know like testing guidelines and things like that, and they just had to create like a whole bunch of different IPAs because people really love the hoppiness that it that you know that's that's in those beers. Right. Got a little more for you, Jay. Here Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, cheers. Cheers. So this is uh, the the Lagunitas. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> I mean, you could really, it's got a lot of hops in it. Yeah, but it doesn't have any, like, nose. Like, you don't, you don't smell the hops. You don't smell the floral. I smell it a little bit. I smell it's, a little bit. I think it's because we killed our senses with that sack that he brought over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, with, with poo dirt. My, my, my sack of opal hops that I brought Poo dirt. I, I, I gotta tell you, I definitely smell the hops in it, you know? And this one is, I mean, this is hop forward. It's definitely hot forward. Yeah. And it's, so not only that, you can, you get a lot of bitterness in it. Oh, yeah, I mean, right in the side of the tongue. Yeah. You get a lot of that sort of like mouth-watering, uh, tongue, sour, bitter flavor. See, and that's why I was, I was really like, when you were like, oh, let's do an IPA episode, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Because <laughs> it's going to like blow out my taste buds. Like, yeah, but you're not, you're not drinking, you know, a, a case and a half. You're, you're sipping... We're sharing a bottle. I, All three yeah, of us I, have been sharing one bottle. Yeah, between three tasting glasses. Right. And that's, I totally get it, I, you know, and I'm fine with that. I'm doing mm-hmm. it. But I'm just saying, like, if I get too much hops, if I drink, a, like, a beer that has a lot of hops, like an IPA, if right. I drink too many of them, I start to get sick to my stomach. I understand. It's well, just, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, like, the bitterness starts to, like, sour my stomach a little bit. Right. I understand. No, that's the one downside to IPAs is a guy that deals with heartburn. That stuff will kill you. Yeah, that Imperial one we took earlier was 
Heartburn City, I can tell you that. Really? Oh, see, that was my favorite. I would put this in between, this one we just drank, in between the 60 and the 90 as far as hops. Hoppiness. For me, yeah. Yeah. No, see, I could, I could drink that Imperial all night. I'd be fine. I don't know if you could drink it all night at a oh, 9%. I <laughs> well, no, I'd be like four in and be on the floor. <laughs> right, you right. Know? I think probably part of it wasn't just necessarily the hoppiness, but the high alcohol content of it. You know, right? But it's, you taste that sugar. Yeah, but it's a lot smoother. You know what yeah, I mean? You don't yeah. you don't have like like this one where it's very hop forward. So yeah. you're like, ooh, that's a dry, you know, dry hoppy, very prominent flavor. Yeah, it does have that West Coast kind of hay presence. You right, know, right, exactly. This is what you're drinking. But the Imperial, it's like. It's smooth all the way through. You know what I mean? If you can discount the high alcohol content, I think that's what throws me off with that one. Right, right, exactly. So, Joe, you were kind of giving us a few examples of, of, of style mm-hmm. earlier. So I wanted to add a few more to that. So you it. also have the India Session Ale, Ooh. which is kind of like an IPA, but they bring down the alcohol level. They bring mm-hmm. down the ABV, or alcohol by volume, right. down a little bit so it's more sessionable, which means you can drink more... Uh, like but a, still get your hoppy flavor, like a table beer. Exactly, it's right. more like a like a table beer, something that you would drink with dinner and not out for like a night on the town. Right. Uh, you also have the uh, the red IPA, and that is kind of like a you know like a like a like Irish, Irish red, red. Ale, yeah. right? But then hopped like an IPA. So it's it's just like um like you know you can do this with any kind of beer. So it's really. an, it's another hybrid. Another hybrid. Yeah. You also have the wild IPA, or you know that would have a, a sour note to it. Ooh. So like a sour beer. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've had like a Flanders red. Or, or a, a lambic or a petrus, anything like that. Yeah. They have a sour flavor to it, but then they also have the 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 you know your your that'd be hoppiness. weird. That would a be lot weird. Of, That's yeah. throwing me off. I mean, I love sours. I right. love sour beers, and I love IPAs. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, like too. well, and I've I've had a I've had an IPA, and then gone for a sour. It can be okay. You know, I don't know about in the same bottle, same though. Bottle, but that's right. that's the whole thing is that, you know, I don't I don't a lot of people don't think that bitter and sour go together. Mm. I personally don't think that they go together. But I, you know, I would give one a shot. I don't oh, yeah, think we no, I would one definitely tonight. try one. Yeah. Uh, you also have spiced or herbed IPAs, which well, that basically, makes you know, you have, you know, jasmine, basil, you know, anything. And that goes along with that, that. Um, citrusy spice vegetal right that yeah. earthy right? tones right yeah yeah so and of course you all already mentioned the black ipa right which i think that that's what we're going to do next yes you guys down with that mm-hmm. i'm down with it so i also want to mention we're drinking the lagunitas uh i did a show for lagunitas when they came to dc oh yeah and yeah it was it was really cool it was a mm-hmm. lot of fun so uh one of the things that i have is i have a sword that i swallow that I have a, you know, basically it holds a tap handle. Tap we'll go handle, on to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I can swallow a sword with, you know, anyone's tap handle. So when I do shows for, you know, Flying Dog or I do shows for Lagunitas or whoever comes through, mm-hmm. you know, I can swallow their tap handle. It's right. kind of cool. Yeah. I swear I have never swallowed a sword so many times in my life. So I'm doing it, you know, for the crowd and everything. But then mm-hmm. I get a hold of like the main guy who, you know, who is there, you know, to kind of promote or whatever, like one of like kind of higher ups of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, and he sees me swallow the the tap handle, you know, with my sword attached. So he brings me around to all the guys who are stuck in place, like pouring taps. You know what I mean? For all the people that are there for the Lagunitas tap takeover night. 
he's bringing me around to all the guys because they can't see the whole show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, watch this guy. And I have to swallow. I swallowed a sword like 60 times in the night for Lagunitas. So by the time I was done, I was like, I just need a beer. And they were like, you had a all sword of them. throat, huh? I did have a sword throat, which yeah. I know is funny, but that's what sword swallowers call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, I need a beer. And they go and give me a beer. And I was like, oh, do you have anything that's not as hoppy? And they were like, no. <laughs> Literally, all of their beers are so ridiculously hoppy you know what i mean and uh that's one of the things that i want to mention too before we move on to the next one is that um you know a lot of people have started to equate the craft beer kind of you know movement Mm -hmm. with hoppy beers because of west coast ipas i don't i mean i think whether it's a Saison or a shandy or whatever, or a porter or, or like chocolate yeah. porters, and you know what I mean. I don't and think the IPA. I mean, yeah, the IPA probably started the whole like boom, like the craft movement. It kind of like yeah. helped it along. I think that helped it along. Yeah, but I don't equate IPAs with the craft movement. I don't either. But a lot of people do, and just because it's called a craft beer, if you are the cores the bud drinker, and you're listening to this podcast, just because it's a craft beer doesn't mean it's super hoppy. Uh, And if you don't like hoppy beers, if you're kind of like me and you're like a little lukewarm on super duper hoppy beers, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of craft beers out there for you. Mm -hmm. And if they're not out there for you and you can't find anything you don't like, start homebrewing, man, because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I'd even go so far to say, you know, I guess I've been drinking the same IPAs for a long time. Mm-hmm. To try some of these other ones, they're not nearly as hoppy as what I would expect for an IPA. You know, yeah. you, you kind of oh, yeah. just put them together well, hand saw, in hand. And you you had uh, some Sierra Nevada in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're... They're harder IPAs, you know? Like, yeah. they're not just the standard Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. beer, you know? It's their torpedoes, you know, some of the other stuff. The extra hop. The extra hop. Now, yeah. if you're drinking that all the time, well, you would equate, oh, geez, you know, IPAs are just out there. Mm. Well, no, trying some of these... You know, and it's like like we had talked about earlier with the original English ones. It wasn't about being extra hoppy. That was never the part of it. It was just the hop sustain the product, put some more in there. They made something that probably at the time tasted really extra hoppy, but wasn't yeah, necessarily. Right, you know, right. it was just a little bit more and, than what and had been done before. Plus, hops start to drop out over time. Right, mm-hmm. uh, the bitterness starts to drop out, but you still mm-hmm. you know retain some of the flavor. Right. Yeah, so right. I can't imagine trying a 25-year-old beer. Right. You know, just let alone a, you know, maybe an extra hoppy 25-year-old beer. Right. You know? Especially a guy from 2015 that's been dealing with these, you know, um, independent breweries and what they're dealing with, you know, where they're hopping continuously mm-hmm. for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to go back to the 1700s and try their... India Pale Ale right. Joe, was what probably is, something completely different. Mm-hmm. Joe, what is the uh, your black IPA that you you brought one, right? I just wanted to grab it out of the cooler here so we can get started. All right, Joe, so what do you have here? You brought this one along. Yeah. I can't even pronounce that. Uh, I want to say it's Dubay. But it's not. It's like Dubje. No, it's D- It's El Dubje. El Dubje. Oh, my God. No, it's D-U-B-H-E. Dubje. Dubé, Dubé. It's like toupé, but with a D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dubé, Dubé. It's from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Oh, Utah. 
Yeah. What percentage of this? 9.2% in Utah? Jeez what? Louise. Oh, they're breaking all the laws. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're breaking all the laws. <laughs> breaking the law. I bet this one is Mormon-tastic. Oh, bring the Mormon <laughs> girls on. So yes, you'll notice this is a black IPA. So it's going to be a lot darker, right? right? And the reason why is because they're using specialty malts to make it darker. So it might not even have that dark of a flavor. I don't know. I've never had it. But. Well, it says it's also made with hemp seed. So, oh, So geez. it's kissing cousins right that, here. Joe, did These they are... bring this to you on the back of a Model T by the side of a highway? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> running the white light. Or the right. black lighting in this case. All right, I smell hops Sorry, Mrs. It. K. <laughs> so, yeah, brewed with hemp seed. And this is an a black imperial IPA. So this is kissing cousins, hemp, and hop. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, uh, and it's also an imperial. So it's black IPA. <laughs> so, so it's a black Mormon. Okay, so this is this is, makes sense jokes. that it's coming from Utah. This is past a menage a trois. This is a menage a lot. Yeah. Oof. Well, I definitely get some hoppy smell out of it. It's weird. All right, I'm gonna give it a sip. Uh, and this is from the. Junta Brewing Company? Junta? Unita. Unita? Unita Brewing. U-I-N-T-A. Unita. Unita. Unita Ignited. Unita. Unita Brew. Unita. It says ignited by Unita Brewing Company, Salt Lake City, Utah. All right. I'm giving it a sip. I dig the bottle, though. It actually has a... um, Your... uh, Oh, little mountains on it or something. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. That's it's your uh, north, south, east, west. Yeah, it's got a... Uh, compass rose. Yeah, compass yeah. rose on the outside of the bottle. That is awesome. Okay, so Ooh, when I this think... This is very stouty. This is... It's a little stouty. Yeah. Well, this that's the thing. stouty. Is that it's... Because it's a black IPA. I mean, yeah. It has... It has your, your you know, your stout-type malt in it. Mm-hmm. So it has a darker, roasty malt. Yeah. So you get roast flavors... Very much like stout porters, you get that you know nut brown ales, that kind of thing. Mm. You have those kind of flavors mixed with the hopping schedule of an IPA, right? So it's just like it's it's just like we were talking about how you have the wit beer mixed with an IPA. Mm. This is a stout mixed with an IPA kind of thing, right? This is a mashup of the two. Um, so this is like this is kind of one of the newer. IPAs that have come out is mm-hmm. the black IPA. Um, and in doing so, it has had a um, a bit of a fight in the craft beer community, whether they should call it a black IPA okay. or whether they call it an Indian black ale or an IBA. Ooh. But the problem is, is that if you're at, you know, the brew pub and uh. you're saying, give me an IPA as compared to an IBA, they sound very similar over the din, over the cacophony. Right. So, um, so also, uh, they, you know, so there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about that. What, what do we call it? This is kind of a new style. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people have started calling it is a Cascadian dark ale because they use the Cascade hop okay. because it's such a, you know, it, it, it's like the, the West coast IPAs Hoppy. use Cascade so much, right. um, that they started calling it a Cascadian dark ale or a CDA, uh, instead of an IPA. So, you know, no one has really figured it out. But mostly, they just call it a black IPA. Right. 
I really so, enjoyed that one. That's uh, the best of both worlds, basically. Yeah, that's me and you yeah. meeting. That's me and Kinda Chris in meeting in a dark alley. Yeah, hugging, compromising, and making a beer that suits suits us both. And yeah. if I would uh, compromise myself in a dark alley with anyone, Jason, it would probably be you. <laughs> I do dig the uh, the little slogan: "Earth, wind, and beer." Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I just think it's really funny that they have like such a you know. Uh, you know, such an argument about what to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean... You don't like the Cascadian Dark Ale? I, I do, but it's a bit too... Yeah. Frou-frou. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit too right. frou-frou. Right, I know? would agree. I mean, it's not like a, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a wine? Where you, you actually name the wine after, like, the grape and the region. Right. You know, like... Go off the brewing style, the hop, whatever, mm-hmm. and just call it what it is. If any, if I go to a bar and they even offer that, mm-hmm. I'm satisfied enough. You know, exactly. the bartender yeah, yeah, would yeah. probably know the difference. Yeah, exactly. Or he should. He should. Yeah, he probably hears it enough. So, uh, so since we're now good and drunk, I figured it would be a good time <laughs> to start discussing the actual anatomy of a hop. All right, so do it. What do you guys think? Now. Right? I mean, what the hell? So there's an are there, anatomy. Are there stamens involved? <laughs> if I could find my anatomy of a hop, I could find my anatomy. Now, Chris, I understand they only use female hops when it comes to beer, right? Well, that's crabs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are wrong. Oh wait, <laughs> you are wrong, my friend. <laughs> no, no, females cost less than the males, right? right. Females do cost yeah. less than the males. <laughs> so stupid, um, Maryland. The, okay, so uh, the very, very stem is called the strig, uh, mm. and then you have the uh, the kind of like the inside structure, right, okay. which, which kind of holds it all together, and that's called the bractole. Okay. Then you have the bract, which are kind of like your leaves of the Hi, hop. my name is Bract. <laughs> the, the leaves of the, of the cone, mm-hmm. okay? Then inside of all of that, in between, you, you can pull like the little hop leaves back, right. and inside you have these little yellow and when i say yellow i'm talking like have you ever seen uh like a like a flower mm-hmm. yeah when it comes out and you see the pollen coming off of it mm-hmm. okay right. and it's super the super bright like canary yellow sort of color yeah the, like goldenrod almost yeah, right yeah, yeah. that inside are called the lupulin glands the lupulin wolf, wolf glands <laughs> the dank <laughs> no it's it's very close to lupin <laughs> Or lupine, right, right, yeah. right. Wolf, wolf, wolven. It's but yeah, it's the lupulin glands, and they contain all the resins and the essential oils. So okay. when you go to harvest them, okay, like when I was talking about in August, September, October, uh, you want to wait until all that lupulin is really, really kind of budding there. Okay. So you start to wait until kind of the bract starts to, which is the outside leaves, start to get a little bit brown, mm-hmm. and that's when you know it's about ready, right. and that's when you pick the cones and you can use them. Now, here's the thing, is that uh, with, you know, and you can see here's one that's kind of cross-sectioned. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very much so, like, a, um, uh, like a habanero. Yeah. And it, but the inside of that, where you would have the seeds, you have your, your lupulin glands, which are, Rather than you know, the, uh, the rib of the habanero, you'd have the, the actual glands. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of pop that open and you smell, smell the, you know, that, that lupulin, you know what I mean? All that stuff. It smells very much like... My opal hops when I made you guys smell the bag. Dirt poop. Dirt poop. I see. I, I'm, not, I'm not with you guys. I don't think that that's what it smells like. I think it smells earthy, 
but like it's, dried rabbit poop. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> right. He's vegetarian. That's, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, he likes dried rabbit poop. So, I mean, that that's basically kind of like how it breaks down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But here's, like, it's it's so crazy. Um, so what I was saying, it has those essential oils and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there are four specific kinds of oils. You have myrcene oil, M-Y-R-C-E-N-E, okay? okay. Humulene oil, uh, caryphyl... Carrie Fisher oil. Car- oh, I'm, uh, this is so great. <laughs> right with the buns. The buns. Caryophyllene oil. Uh-huh. And Farnanese oil. And Farnanese is the one where it barely has any of it. Uh, there's it's very not, Farnanese there's, away. Yeah, there's not much of it. Um, but all of these oils are used in fragrance. I mean, they're they're all in other types of you know vegetables. You know what I mean? You can right. get them from different kinds of herbs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, they're used in you know perfumes and things because they're so fragrant. And you know, and they're they're four different kinds. They all have like their own very specific kind of uh, profile. Right. Like, so depending on when when they're harvested, you'll have a higher concentration of this flavor or that fragrance. But no, 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 not, not so much. Okay. It, it really, like, there'll be lower levels if you harvest it too early, mm-hmm. but they won't have different concentrations. The different concentrations of those kinds of oils comes in from the fact that you have different types of hops. Oh, Remember so actually, how I showed you the whole list? Right, and there's right. like there's like a hundred different kinds of hops? Right, so they, they breed it for X factor for whatever fragrance or flavor exactly or really they're they're already bred like that well, you know yeah I mean? yeah but i'm but saying it's, now it's, that they're doing the sub breeding and, and the yeah. cross pollination it, it's like the difference between having a yellow rose and a red rose and a white rose yeah yeah exactly. you know they have different but instead of colors they have different flavors smells right, right. tastes so like mercine uh it's um mercine oil can have like the tone of grapes peaches, vanilla, wine, and even sometimes like a balsamic, okay. right? Like a balsamic vinegar. Yeah. So uh, it also, the odor comes off as woody, green, herbaceous, and peppery. The humulene oil, you have the woody, earthy, and herbal character. Uh, but, you know, that kind of oil, it, uh, it oxidizes very quickly. So unless you use them very, very fast, you're not even getting much of the humulene oil. Uh, the flavor is very closely the, of the humulene is is really ha- has a lot to do with the bitterness um, that woody organic flavor in a beer that you're getting. Uh, it's linked to the spice in coriander uh, and spicy flavors over long boils in the mash. Like when you're boiling it for a long time, mm-hmm. it can give you spicier, peppery notes. Okay. In the flavor, so they all all the different oils they they cause these different kinds of things, which is why. You know, it's 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 kind of cool. Like some will have more, so that's why you're you'll say that um, you know Cascade will give you the more grapefruity flavors. You know, in the West Coast IPAs, mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for. You know, and it has more of uh, of of one of these oils than the other. Okay. So uh, as where like the uh, Caryphylene, um, its fragrance is uh, is woody, spicy, has an earthy bouquet. That it can actually be sweet and very clove-like, hmm. right? You know, like you know, like clove. Yeah, yeah. So uh, its flavor uh, is uh, is a dr- very strong dry wood, 
has a bit of an earthy spice flavor. Um, I mean, so like they're all completely different. And then you have uh, the 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 last Farninese, which is uh, it, it's you know, like I said, they're all used in the perfume industry. Mm-hmm. And this has it's supposed to have one of the best smells. It has a beautiful smell. Uh, it's used in masks and powders. Its fragrance has been uh, compared to that of the magnolia flower, hmm. having citrusy notes with green, woody, and vegetative odor and hints of lavender. Farinanese is also used in food applications because of its essence of herbs and organic wood-like uh, offsets. Okay. Usually complements like teas and juices, and they all are that very, you know, they're all in the lupulin glands right there. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, creates all that. That's what makes the hops hops. That's what makes it smell, what makes it taste, that mm. it's, you know, growing all these essential oils on the inside of it. Nice. It's a really, really neat plant. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, by looking at the charts and the graphs, you know, and the different variations on on just the oil composition is kind of neat. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's better than, uh, what's that whale stuff? Oh, uh, ambergris? Ambergris, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to have ambergris beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, we might be able to make that happen. I don't really? know. Really? Don't, 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 don't quote me on that. Dude, if you have like half a pound of ambergris, we're rich. Yeah, you know, I mean, ambergris truffle. Uh, yeah. We should make an Ooh, ambergris truffle a, beer. A truffle black imperial IPA. If you guys do that. Black truffle cost IPA. It's like $500 oh, a bottle. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. We might be able to get that ha- to happen. You guys want to get rich. <clears throat> so. <laughs> mm, I do. <laughs> Did you guys know there's an IPA day? Hmm? I did know that through my yeah. research. Yeah, tell us about it, Jason. <laughs> I through my research, I saw that there was an IPA <laughs> I saw day. that there was one, but past that, I didn't do any more research. Well, the guy said that he was just disregarding a lot of the myths about uh, about where the IPAs came from. He said, you know, there's really no historical fact to back up these claims about how things happen. Right. Let me clear this up for IPA day. And I said, IPA day. Okay. Mental note. <laughs> that there is a day. There is an IPA day. day. And now look, that mental note came up. So it's on August 7th. And the idea is that it's supposed to kind of promote IPAs. And, you know, you can use the hashtag IPA day. Uh, so basically the whole idea is it's just kind of another way to promote the craft brewing industry. Gotcha. So, um, so basically, you know, if you do something, you know, with an IPA, you tweet it out on hashtag and, you know, and it's really, it's, you know, it's whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not as cool as sword swallowing well, day. And you know what? <laughs> it is a 175 year old brewing, uh, technique, the IPA. So yeah, I think it kind of deserves a day. Right. Maybe does, not a hashtag, does it beat, but a day. Does it beat Earth Day? Uh, no. No. <laughs> can no. you have an IPA on Earth Day? No. Well, yeah, of course yes, you can. can. In fact, I think that might be the best day <laughs> to do gotta, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get some Carrie Fisher oil and... <laughs> Just go we're all for it. <laughs> we're happy. I smell fragrant today. Mm-hmm. I smell fragrant, too. I, I, I smell like hops. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It's just coming out of my pores right now. Yeah, Imperial Black IPA hops. So I also, there, there's really, uh, I mean, I guess before we either have another beer and I can't talk anymore, <laughs> I want to mention that there is one type of beer that is made completely without hops. What? Yes. And that's called like a at all? Yeah, at all. It, well, bef- man, before, 
ales used to be made completely without hops. Okay. Uh, you know, there were there was a time where we didn't know <laughs> that you could use hops to make beer true. better. Very true. Yeah. So you would you you would it was called a gruit. A gruit is gruit. yeah. It's G R U. My name Gruit. I am. It's I am. Oh, oh, whatever. Whatever that stupid movie is. I only saw that movie once. Yeah, I didn't like it. A Gruit is G-R-U-I-T. And okay. that's basically a beer without any kind of hops whatsoever. Uh, in order to get your your spicy, you know, and, and bitter notes, mm. you can use different herbs, things like that, to create those. And that's what they used to use back in the day before they figured out that hops was really where it was at. Hmm. So you can still use that. There's other people that use, you know, spruce tips, uh, that use redwood tips, and that's basically your new growth on on spruce trees or redwood right. trees, right. Yeah, yeah. where they're they, you know, it's just the same kind of thing as um, as uh, uh, pine needle teas. Yeah, right. Yeah. You do a lot of like camping. I mean, yeah, have yeah, you ever yeah. made a pine needle tea? Yes, I have. So it's the same kind of thing. You're getting, you know, you're getting your pine just like you have in. Hops, you're mm-hmm. you know you can get those kind of notes from from using you know, a, a pine tree. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I believe uh, what was it, Captain Cook, when he was sailing, he stopped and they used when they made some beer, mm-hmm. he used some spruce tips. Yeah. In order After to he ate the tortoises. Yeah. Pine beer though, pine beer. I'm not saying it's good, but you're already getting. <laughs> you're. Uh, I bet you. I I believe there's one a. Uh, a brewery in Alaska. I was I was watching a documentary about, and they had made it with spruce tips. That you know, it's it's a type of pine. Sure, you know what I mean. It's a type mm. of uh, evergreen, rather. Right. And they that's what they used, you know, in their beer, and they brewed it the exact same way that you would use hops. And it's supposed to be absolutely amazing. Well, and the Inuits also make. Uh, those stinky fish head things. Well, Inuits make a lot of things. <laughs> so, I'm not saying they're good. I don't know. I mean, I might try it. We would try it. Just to say, pine, I tried pine it. Pine beer, I just go into it, haven't eaten pine leaves when I was a kid, or pine needles. <laughs> kind of know the flavor. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the thing is, is that, you know, in the one that we just had, mm. this with this black IPA, yeah. I get a lot of pine in that already. There, there's a lot. A, there's you, know, a like you bring up pine, a good point, yeah. though. You know, sometimes you look at stuff and you say, oh, that sounds like it'd be terrible. Well, an IPA and a black stout doesn't sound very good, but it turned out to be really, really pretty good. Yeah. I still don't no, think a, a sour IPA, you know, like a, a wild IPA. I mean, there is a, um, a beer that Flying Dog makes, which is, uh, I think it's called Wildeman. And what they, it's called a farmhouse IPA. Okay. And it's basically a mix between a Saison and an IPA. Oh, weird. So you get the saison notes of the very strong kind of fruit flavors, mm-hmm. as you know what I mean. Fruit phenolics, you know what I mean. You get your, and yeah. we talked a lot about phenolics during the Trappist episode. Yeah, but you get like some, you know, you get some fruity flavors. You get some spicy flavors uh, from your esters and your phenolics, and it creates all those. Plus, you have it heavily hopped. That doesn't sound too bad, though. I think the hops could work off fruit easier than they could with malt. Well, especially since they create stuff like citrus and, you know, grapefruit and, and yeah. flavors like that. Well, right. But the heavy malts in a, in a black stout, you know, you wouldn't think, well, let's pair it with something that's really heavily hot, kind of piney, you yeah. know, a little bit floral. I would easier see it going with a size on, you know, where. Yeah, but not a bitter. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the bitter part throws you off. That's to me, like, is. bitter is like, 
I just feel like they should not go together. And right. I, I won't know until I try one. And we don't happen to have one today. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to make sure that we'll, when we do our sour Follow beer up. episode, mm-hmm. when we do our sour beer episode, we'll have to make sure we get a sour IPA. Okay. We'll walk into your room. I'll drink the beer and I'll walk back out. And now you don't have to count me on the credits on that one either. <laughs> so I want to mention we were we talked at the beginning of the episode a little bit about IBUs. So you have uh, your your IBUs in a like a twenty IBU beer. That is very little to no apparent present hops. Right. Okay. And in a, a beer with an IBU of 20 to 45, uh, you have your mildly pronounced hops, right? That, you know, that's generally your area. Anything from 45 IBUs up mm. is considered your highly hopped, you know, beers. Right. You know, your, 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 your IPAs, basically. Yeah. Anything from 45 up. Really, the human taste bud kind of ends being able to taste uh, seriously right like it's upper echelon of being able to taste you know ibus or to taste bitterness ends around 80 okay so it ends around 80 ibus so if you hop it to 120 ibus you're just gonna you're, taste like a flat note it's just overkill you're it's not flat you're, note you're not getting any past 80 you're right, not, you right. know what I mean. You might get the complexity of the of the flavors of the pineiness of the fragrance of all that, but you're not getting over the bitterness. Right, you know, gotcha. eighty is where we kind of end. There yeah. is no further past that. Mm-hmm. And like the uh, Duclaw, 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 <laughs> wow, like one of the Man. breweries around here Duclaw. on the East Coast that we, crazy we really like, and we went to before we went to go see Mad Max last weekend. Um, wow, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. They have. So I didn't know you had it in me. <laughs> oh, I got it in me. They have a few, uh, a few IPAs that are what, what, what do they call it? Like venom and serum and, yeah, and things yeah. like that, which are extremely hoppy. Yeah. And and really like they're pat. I mean, they're way past they're what I like. They're in the upper echelon. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm in bitterness, and they are not what I like at all. <laughs> right. They're hoppy like a bunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My state hoppy like a bunny. They're, they're <laughs> I mean, shit, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow, they're past my enjoyability level. It's like ninety-five percent IBU. <laughs> I did not know. I did not know. We're gonna end our our hop tasting, our IPA tasting, with mm-hmm. a hop. stone. This is a the Stone Go To IPA. It's a vibrant, hot bursted session IPA. So basically, the idea with this is that you can actually drink it and not get too drunk. So I think we're gonna drink it because we're already pretty much mostly there. Yeah, right. A lot lighter in color. Well, we've done it for every other one when we said yeah, we yeah, did. Come on, be honest over here. It's a little cloudier than I expected. Yeah. Right. It I is. expected like there to be a lot more clarity, and there's not. Yeah. No. Oh, but yeah. Oh. There's Holy. a lot more floral. See, this is this is this has like. Is there an IBU rating on this? Chris is in bitterness. <laughs> I am <laughs> totally in bitterness. I am in like past bitterness. This, this is, is really mellow, man. This is really mellow. You're you're hating this one? Not enjoying it. Yeah. Seriously? Yep. It's the go-to IPA. Whoa! 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 whoa wait! Wait! Hold it's on. Not my go-to. Right. He no, no, tolerated no. this one with no problems. Yeah. No, that one was easy. The Imperial uh, 90 Minute was easy, mellow. 
the uh, 60 minute and then the Lagunitas, that has more hop forward than this does. I don't know. I'm just. This it, is all. This is. Maybe a hell of a lot certain, more mellow. Maybe than, I need to figure out. Maybe there's a certain type of hops that I'm just not a fan of. True. Maybe that, true. Or maybe it just you know? it it's uh, exponential. So every time you drink one of these things, it's you're like, just, it's just multi-tolerance. Yeah. I'm yeah. I am dying over here. Like I have like I have like sour you're freaking dying over yeah. here. <laughs> I, I've got like I've got like IPA stomach right now going Do you on. Do really? yeah, it His face is melting wow, from all the hops. This is Man. really really smooth. It's just not even. I really like that one. Yeah, that's real mild for the for the uh, the hoppiness, as it were. Boof. <laughs> I don't know, man. Boof. <laughs> These are the guys that make uh, what is it? Arrogant, arrogant bastard. bastard. Yeah. yeah, and I, I completely hate that too. I mean, that's don't get some, me wrong. Well, that's they also make stuff. Dead Guy Ale, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, mostly because of the bottle. Yeah. Now, Chris, on you know, on the tail end of this, I do get a little bit of that, the backburn from the dry. You know, yeah, but nothing dry. serious. I mean, not compared to what we drank already. Maybe yeah, that's I know. what it is. Maybe you I already, just don't. Maybe already, I don't like dry beers with. The super hops. Okay. Maybe if they've got a little bit more body to them, I'm I'm right. more accepting. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just don't. You know, and a lot of guys really like dry beers. Right. I am not a dry beer fan. Well, it's like it's yeah. like wine. Mm-hmm. You know, I will go. I'm go to for a Shiraz or a Malbec, mm-hmm. but don't give me a you know a Sauvignon Blanc. Right. You know, I'm just like uh, no. Right. I don't know what any of that means. Give I me, do. Give me the dry. Dark, dark red yeah yep. something with a Oaky. lot of body yeah right. thickness joe i only know about uh about ice wines <laughs> that's right because we've only done an episode <laughs> about ice wines all right let's do a regular wine episode you should do a wine episode yeah we a, did a we did a, oh, a ice red wine episode. no no no. we need to do a, a red, red wine and a white wine episode two-parter now that's going to okay. be two different episodes yeah one, you're going to be really happy for about an hour and you'll fall asleep <laughs> the other one you guys are going to be really kind of mellow and then get angry <laughs> so. we're not doing a whiskey episode <laughs> yeah, right, right. oh and that one's going to be bad for me too yeah we'll we do the whiskey episode <laughs> um we we've almost maybe found a place to do a rum episode right yeah we're, you know yeah. There's a pirate bar near us that we are talking about. The one about. up in Curtis Bay? Uh, no, a different Aye. one. But we'll, we'll talk about that off air. But I mean, we <laughs> you know we think we might have found a pirate bar to do Possibly. a Rome, Rome, Rome episode. <laughs> you know, we just need to make sure they can make us a grog. Yar. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're, uh, what, two sheets? Two and a half sheets? I'm like not totally three sheets. No, definitely not three sheets. No, I can still no. sail. I nope. think I'm I think I'm two sheets to the wind. All right, at the two moment. sheets. I'd say two sheets. Two yeah. sheets. All right, guys. We're two sheets to the wind. We're getting out of here. I'm at least IP. Not I mean the not a? IPA. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just to the IP. I'm just the IB. <laughs> you? You? <laughs> Jason's the U to my IB. So we're good. We're getting out of here, guys. So thanks for sticking with us and enjoying uh, some hop goodness. Uh, if you'd like to buy some of my homebrew, just give me an email or something. You know what I mean? Hop to it. <laughs> Hop to I'm it. just kidding. I'm not going to sell it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to sell it. It's pretty good. Poop dirt. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at 
Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can call our voicemail line, leave us a message, 443-327-9673. On your touchtone phone, that spells hide a sword. On the Curioso.com website, on the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. If you'd like to check out some of our sister podcasts, check out thundergrunt.com. At least Dana's not snoring anymore. <laughs> that she still wouldn't get credit on the episode for snoring. God I don't want it to get credit. <laughs> I'm not a big banana fan. It's very, very good. Uh, tell me you're recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm always recording. Chris yeah, is in just, bitterness. Let's just try one and be you like... You can't talk to him right now. He's in bitterness. <laughs> he is, that's right. He is, he is totally in bitterness.